Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Ask Us Anything Part 2. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always open for questions, TB Markinson. Hello, TB. How are you today? I'm just hanging in. I know we mentioned in the last podcast that I am a bit under the weather, so if my voice still sounds weird, it's because we're recording this one right after the next one. I'm not still sick. Hopefully not. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I am not sick. We can. Because I am not having the time of my life. No, you are not Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, are you? No, I'm not, like, what's that one move where she has to run and he has to, like, lift her up? The lift. I'm not doing that. No. No lift for you. just lift? There's no special word for that, just the lift? The lift. <laughs> Anywho, so what have I been up to? Um, I am going through the edits for Lizzie. I got, I got the manuscript back from my editor, and as you know, whenever you get a manuscript back from the editor, there's always things that have to be addressed. <laughs> so I am addressing those issues. So hopefully they won't be too involved. I received an email while I was in P-Town, and I um, did not read the email, because I was like, I'm away, I don't want to know. So I'm now digging into that, so we'll find out in a few days if it was hell or not. I'm hoping not, I'm hoping it wasn't hell. But I, I can't believe I'm still publishing yet another book this year. Remember at the beginning of this year, I was like, fuck it, I don't care what I get done today, last year was hell, I'm not doing anything this year? Yep. Um, it's been a really fucking busy year. I'm not going to ask you to name the number of books, but we, I mean, obviously we'll do a roundup episode at the end of the year, but it'll be interesting to see how many books you've released, because it's a lot, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is a lot. I'm not, I, I, uh, I'm glad you're not asking me the number, because I would I, not be able to provide it. I know better. <laughs> there was a lot of times over uh, P-Town where someone was, like, asking for directions, and, like, the people who listen to the podcast were like, don't ask TV. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're asking for, like, you know, how to break up the bill after dinner don't ask tv i was like i'm glad i'm it's good it's good everyone's learning this like i am not the one you want to um settle up the bill with or ask how to get from point a to point b unless you want to stop at every other letter of the alphabet before you get to the final destination because i never know where i'm going anyways so yes i am working on lizzie this year has turned out much busier than i thought in other writing news was still working on the Vela series, but I think I needed to say from now on, since we're planning a three-season Vela series, that um, Vela is just now a part of my writing life. If it's a Monday, I'm writing a Vela episode. That's how we worked it out. Mondays are Vela. So for the next, I don't know, year, year and a half, Mondays are going to be Vela. So, which is kind of a good thing because... Vela series is taking place in London. So on Mondays, because, you know, Monday can kind of be a drag. You're getting back to work and blah, 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 blah. But I'll be back in London. So maybe that will help me have better weeks if I start off in a happy place. We should meet and go to the champion if you're back in London. I wish I could be literally back in London. <laughs> but yes, when, we do, when I do come back to London, I'm sure I will come back to London. We should definitely go to the champion. That was one of my favorite pubs mm. so is it still surviving all this are you are the pubs are open now again aren't they oh yeah 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 
And I follow them on uh, Instagram now, and they still do the beer and burger for £15, so... Yeah, not bad. They have decent food, if I remember correctly, and um, the location's nice. Yeah. So, yes, we will definitely... When I am back in London in real life and not just in my writing dream world, we will definitely meet up at okay. the Champions. And then, in non-writing news, I have recently purchased the ugliest, ugliest bright orange and yellow shirts. A ton of them. I have a ton of them. Because now that I have pepper, I am hiking more. And this is the time of year where you have to wear bright orange and yellow shirts so you don't get shot by a hunter. So I've just recently upped my clothing collection to include the ugly shirts no one should have to wear but i have them now like high-vis tops yes right. yes okay so i can either work on road construction crews <laughs> or hunting or if you get uh if you break the law and then you have to do some community service you might have to do litter picking on the side of the road that, that come in handy i have not done that personally but i have known people who have <laughs> Yes. Yeah, my only experience yes. of it is Rory Gilmore in the Gilmore Girls. She had to do it. So, and she, I, I remember she wore a high vis vest. So, and they're not put away. Um, they're just on my dresser in the bedroom. So when I wake up in the morning, that's like one of the first things I see, and I'm like, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> so, yeah. So they're working. I'm not getting shot in the bedroom either. No, very cool. good, very good. So yeah. So that's what's going on in my life. How about you? Over here, as you say, we are recording this straight after the last one, so I, I'm going to assume that Change of Heart is out there doing its thing. Who knows? Apart from that, um, you know you know when you think, well, you know, this, this one's out the door, I should start on the next thing. Um, and I know, as you just said, you've had a very busy year this year. Um, and we are so different in so many things, and this is a big one. Um, you've always got, even, even when you don't have uh, super busy years like you've had this year, you've always got your next deadline booked and you're always on to the next thing. And I generally don't work like that because I can't. So, but I don't know, I seem to be having a bit more resistance starting this topic and I don't, or the next book. And I don't know whether it's because I've actually started three, so I don't know which one to pick up, maybe. Um, but um, at the moment, I need to get started on a new writing project. So with that in mind, uh, I have booked to start working at my co-working space uh, which is near uh, a 25-minute walkway. So I'm hoping that getting out of my environment and getting into a new environment will push me into starting to write again. Because I know that you write generally every day. I don't do that. I tend to write in spurts. Um, so I haven't written now for probably at least a month. So I need to get back to it. When you say you have three books you've started, mm. Come again? You have three books right now that you started? Do I know about? I remember one of them. Yes. Yeah, you so have three books that you just randomly started and set aside? Well, I ha I started one, didn't I, earlier in the year, like in April, May, and then I decided not to carry on with it. And I think I'd written about 20,000 words. And then I've got another one that I started uh, about six weeks ago, and I've written probably about 5,000 words of that one. And then I've got, an, I've got a little sort of back burner one that I've dip in and out of huh oh, is that normal for you no no not at all but like i said okay. like i said last time around this 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 year has not been a normal writing year for me i haven't written as much and the stuff i've been writing i've been like mm, i'm not sure so uh but you know but conversely change of heart i'm very happy with and also big london dreams 
super happy with that like you know like just listening to the audiobook of it only confirmed to me that I really love I really love what I did so you know it's a conundrum I, <laughs> I'm struggling to choose a project or just I'm not sure whether to just start a new one there's also that yeah. option do you think and I'm just wondering if is it just like a product of your year because you've had a lot of personal stuff going on in the background and you think you just you're not just scattered all over but your writing's a bit scattered because you're having a hard time focusing yeah I think it's probably that yeah because I think yeah. you know like I had a lot of uh parental my mum and dad are a bit elderly so I had a lot of parental things going on in a sort of the beginning part of the year and I think that's when I started the bigger one that I've that I shelved so we'll see. I'm sure I'll get back to it. I'm sure I will have a light bulb moment. I'm I, I have faith in the process. I'm but you know what? I'm not stressing out of it. I'm so fucking zen, T B at the end of this year. You are still very zen. <laughs> yeah, you're very zen at, at the run up to the end of the year. But did I see you on social media or did I dream this? Because I just know you love this so much. But did I see you on social media that you booked Vistable? Yes. Okay. So you're 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 getting back to what you're normally doing. Yes, so uh, I've got gonna go away elsewhere uh, in March to do another writing week, and I was considering changing up Whitstable and and going elsewhere in January. But then I thought, do you know what? No, I really like going to Whitstable, and it is part of my you know um, my yearly calendar. So I decided that I would book it, and I, ha I do actually have another writing friend coming with me for part of the week. She's been wanting to come with me for a while, so you know that that'd be nice. And also, the good thing was that it's the same house, um, not the one we we stayed in, but a different the house that I stayed in uh, for the two other Januaries, and it's gone up. You know, it went up in price; it almost doubled in price because all Airbnbs have gone up because of the pandemic. But I emailed the bloke and said, "Can I have it at the original price?" And he said, "No problem." So I think you know, people just ask, <laughs> ask if, uh, and they can only say no, right? But I think he's happy to have his house hired out for a week in January. I wonder if I could have tried that with the used car I bought. Okay, usually this is like 5000 less. Can I get it at that price? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, you know, thinking he might come back and say, oh, you know, I'll give you a discount. But no, he just said, yeah, have it at half price. Okay, great. <laughs> That's excellent. That's so, excellent. No, and, um, it... Thanks for inviting me this time. <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> um, but it's nice to have those things in the calendar for sure that sort of a bit of normality because I actually only missed one year because I actually got to go in 2020 because we didn't lock the pandemic didn't hit till March so like full on so I went still went to Whitstable in January 2020 so it'll be good to go yes and you also went back in March of 2020 you went twice I did yes and I went in in September 2020 I had a I had a Whitstable bonanza in 2020 wow yeah. It is your it is your happy place. So I don't think you should mess up that. I mean, do other writing retreats throughout the year, but I think January should be your Whitstable one. Yes. Okay. Well, I agree. So there you go. I've booked it. So as I said, the next order of business is to get is to nail down what I'm doing next and get on with it, Claire. Um, and the and the next thing is also to change my company name and move my bank accounts. Now, this is one of the things. Do you remember that three things we're going to be do by the end of the year? <laughs> I'm really scared of it though, but I need to do it. So. Um, deep breaths but uh, I need to start the writing first and then that can be a, a side project but in non-writing news uh, I have been doing a lot of uh, going to cultural events so you'll recall last time around I went to a comedy gig and a, and a music gig I also went to see a, a Hamlet at the Young Vic 
in um, in London, and it, because now Shakespeare's not my normal bag, right? I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit gobbledygooky to me. But I, I do go when there's famous people in it. I, I, I'm a sucker for that shit. So, and Cush Jumbo was playing Hamlet. Now, I don't know if you know Cush Jumbo. The name sounds familiar. Right, okay. Well, she was in uh, The Good Fight and The Good Wife. And she plays, you'd never know, but she's a fucking cockney, isn't it? She's a British actor. But I didn't know she was a British actor. I thought she was American because her American accent is that good. Her accents are brilliant. Anyway, she's been in a few other Netflix series and she's one of my favourite characters in The Good Fight. So she was playing, and it was a woman playing Hamlet. So she's, she was the lead role. So I, I thought, go along, support. And I did enjoy it in one of those, you know, when you go along to something and then you retrospectively enjoy it, even though it was a bit torturous at the time. So what you're saying is Shakespeare's your jam. Yeah, absolutely. I go and see a Shakespeare play about once every five years. That's about enough for me. Well, good for you for getting outside your comfort zone, though, and supporting. I, I knew as soon as you said you went to see a Shakespeare thing, I'm like, there's a feminist twist on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's someone she fancies in the lead role and uh, there's a feminist twist so let's let's go yeah I don't see you be like come on everybody let's go see Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> now I think the last one actually I got a, I got a reminder in my uh, Facebook timeline I went to see Richard II at Shakespeare's Globe so the original theatre where Shakespeare used to do his his plays uh, on the south on the on the river so uh, and that was five years ago so there you go. I do go and see a Shakespeare play every five... Oh, no, I happened to see one in the interim as well. I went to see uh, The Taming of the Shrew. Mainly be only because it had Tamsin Grieg in the, lead in the lead role. So, again, put a pretty lady in the lead yeah. role and I'm there. <laughs> so anyone who's making movies or web series right now, make sure you get Claire's leading lady approval to get her support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so that is it, and uh, I, I'm going this week to the, R, the the Romantic Novelist Association Christmas party, so first one of the season, so I'll report back on that. A Christmas party? No, 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 no. You guys skip all the things. You skip Halloween, you skip Thanksgiving, there's no fucking Christmas yet. No. We don't. I'm going to have to side with Nyleth on this. It's way <laughs> too early for the Christmas parties. I think we did discuss this in the season's episode. We don't do Halloween and we don't do, we don't have Thanksgiving, so we just skip right to Christmas, TB. I've already watched two Christmas movies. One was really bizarre. It's called The Christmas Cruise. It was very strange. I kind of kind of enjoyed it, but it was it was like a bit bizarre. And then uh, the, the other one I quite enjoyed. You know, oddly enough, earlier today, because um, after we wrap up this call, since I am still feeling kind of shitty, I was like, you know, because I, I planned on watching movies on the couch and just relaxing. I was like, I should watch like some Christmas movies because it's kind of chilly. And that would like, I mean... It's hard to be sad when you're watching Christmas movies, right? Mm. So I was like, maybe I should watch like Elf and um, Christmas Story and stuff like that. So I might do that today. Good plan. But it's still really early for me. I'm only doing this because of um, circumstances. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to comments. What you got, comment monitor? All right. First up, we have a comment from Victoria who said, just a quick email to let you know how much I love your podcast. It's my daily dose of good feels and have listened to repeats when waiting for a new episode. Victoria is learning a lot for which uh, Victoria is grateful for. And, and Victoria is on her uh, the third romance novel in hopes to publish at intervals in 2022. So well done you for three novels already. That's 
So I'm wondering if Victoria's going to do like boom, boom, boom when she publishes. But uh, well done you. And we appreciate the kind comments. We do. And uh, well done on your patience. Not many people would have that patience, but uh, it could work out for you. It's how we recommend to do things now. We didn't know that at our time because like when you do publish and uh, if, uh, when not if, when people are falling in love with your writing, they're going to want to dip into your backlist. And so you'll have a backlist built in. So that's, I'm pro this idea. So Victoria, please let us know how it goes. The next comment is for you, Claire. Richard is pleased that you now have an Irish passport and um, now Richard is asking you to write a book set in Ireland to celebrate, preferably in West Cork, lots of wonderful beaches and surfing, plus ice cream and oysters to rival Whistable. Richard, uh, you'll be pleased to know that in my future I do see a book in Ireland, but um, I need to go. So, uh, you know, watch this space, I suppose. Okay, hold on. Let's we back this up a second. So you just got your Irish passport and you said you need to go. Have you been to Ireland before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, but I've only been to Dublin twice. How long did you stay? Uh, I stayed a couple of days both times. I have literally lived in Ireland. I have more Irish experience than you do. And you have the passport? Is your mother Irish? No. No, well, I, re I rest my case. <laughs> I know more about Ireland than you do. Most people would know more about Ireland. It's true. But when I go <laughs> there, I'm going to be, hello, top of the morning, all that, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going to love you. They are. They're going to love you. They, <laughs> they, don't, they don't hate it when British people make fun of them at all. <laughs> Yeah, but then I could just flash my Irish passport and they'd be like, ah, sure, sure, come into the parlor. Yeah, yeah, this is going to go well. I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of friends right away. All right, so that's it for comments on my site. What about you? I've got one from Trudy. She says, carry on with the podcast. Um, she loves it and she's purchased books by both of us off the back of it. So we've said it before and we'll say it again. Podcasts sell books, don't they, TB? Yes, they do. And um, not only that, when you're doing a signing in P-Town, someone will come in and say, toot, toot. So, okay, we're going to, have you got any um, coffee news? Sadly, no coffee news. No coffee news. So if you want to buy us coffee, do go along to the website, uh, lesbianswhowrite.com, click on the yellow button, and then you get a shout out on the podcast. I mean, what's not to love about that? But in the meantime, let's get on to the Ask Us Anything. Uh, this time, part two of our ask us anything so we're going to kick off with cameron who we didn't have time for last week cameron says love the show listen every week the perfect balance of irreverence and solid advice that makes indie publishing feel a lot more doable and less lonely thank you cameron three questions do you have any advice for maintaining consistency over a series i'm working on a fifth book in a series i started in 2017 and even though i write strictly in the characters voices my own voice has changed since then and it's difficult to keep that from bleeding in Evolution is natural, but someday when a reader is binging the entire book set, I want their experience between books to be seamless. Or is that a fool's errand? I, I found this question to be um, interesting because I hadn't thought of that. But then when I was thinking about my Lizzie series, which I wrote in 2012 and published in 2013, and I am now editing book 10 in that series. So I was like, what? Maybe I can use the Lizzie experience to answer this. And I think one of the things that readers are enjoying about the Lizzie, the Lizzie saga um, is the growth of the character. And I think that's not just because Lizzie has grown. <laughs> I mean, she has gotten older and time has passed and stuff, but I think it also shows the growth in my writing as well. Yes, your voice will change a little bit. It's impossible to maintain a certain voice from year to year. 
But in the broad scheme of things, it's still your voice. You still have a certain voice that you're using. Uh, and even if it does change, hopefully, hopefully um, it's showing improvements in your writing style. So I think readers will appreciate it. Yeah, I totally agree. You ha- you have Everyone has to start their writing journey somewhere. You can't help if, if uh, you started on the first book in the series. I did with London Calling. I wrote it in 2014. My voice is different now, uh, but the essence of it is still the same. And that's what readers will uh, come back for. So it won't be as different as you think. And they will they will still like it. So don't worry too much about it, I say. It's a, it's a bit of a fool's errand sort of chasing that. Like TB says, you grow, your characters grow. It's all good. And I think as for maintaining a series, uh, do you have a document where you write stuff down um, about characters, their age, their job, their eye colour, their hair, where they live, what they do, and if in doubt, reread your former books or parts of them to make sure. And then do what Claire does and never reference that uh, spreadsheet you make. Yes, uh, I, I haven't actually, <laughs> when I wrote this, when I wrote the answer to this, I was thinking, I don't think I've updated my London Romance series since book six, and I'm now on to book nine. So, uh, <laughs> um, but I'm figuring, can I wing it for book nine? Because I've only got one more book to go. Definitely, just wing it. <laughs> wing it a prayer. <laughs> Karen also asks, after the US and UK, my most popular market is Germany, which I was surprised about. I'm grateful to my German fans, but do you have any advice on reaching out to readers who live in places that are culturally or linguistically different from your own, besides offering translations? Yeah, I I, had, I struggled coming up with an answer with this one. I think one of the ways I connect with all my fans the best is through my newsletter. I put a lot of heart and soul into the newsletter, and I try to share my own life experience and including my many, many mishaps. And I think that helps me make a personal connection. And it's hard to determine what's the best way, because obviously I'm American. I did live in Europe for a while, but I'm still mostly American. And it's hard to know how to reach across all cultures. I think Claire, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Maybe, I don't know. But you have more experience with like the translations and everything. Like, Have you noticed with the translations, you've done anything different you know, of trying to connect with readers outside of the US, UK, Canada, Australia? I think she was saying besides translations, but if you, if you ask me specifically yeah. about translations, um, the answer is probably no, because I didn't do them myself. I think that the publishers in those markets know the markets better. I've just been responding to yeah um, any readers who get in contact with me on social media or, or via email. I, my answer to this is uh, there's not an easy answer. <laughs> uh, if, if, you, if, if anybody does know, do let us know. Um, I would say that the only way you can be is, like TB says, just to be your genuine self, uh, and hopefully they will come to that. Uh, but I'm sure you can do your research, but before you do that, just make sure that the, the digital economy is ready for what you want to do. Uh, listen to our translation episode uh, to hear me talking about that. But one way I would say is if you wanted to reach broaden your sales is to target those markets on via advertising so because US and UK um, to advertise to the US and UK is expensive and to advertise to other territories is cheaper so it's actually a good tactic if you want to do that uh, for instance I know that Apple does re- Apple does really well in Australia so things like that um, in your translations did your publishers allow you to include a link for them to sign up to your newsletter that would have been a smart thing to ask, wouldn't it? So I was wondering if there was like something like that where you set something up in the actual physical translation of the books that would help 
reach across the uh, spectrum, I guess. I suppose it didn't really occur to me to ask because they're reading the books in their native language and my newsletter is in, in English. So I'm not sure if that would be a good thing to do or not. Yeah. But it, may, it might be something to consider. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if you had done something on that level, but mm. I wasn't sure. Okay, and finally, Cameron says social media. She sometimes feels that um, she's screaming into a void. So we've talked about social media on the show before. Do we have any updates on what's working and what's stopped working? I think many people who listen to us on a regular basis know I have a particularly very strong love-hate relationship with social media because I think it is the downfall of society. I use social media mostly to spread the word for I Heart Lesbic. Um, I like to use social media to help my fellow les- uh, lesbian fiction authors. Um, so I'm usually sharing about new releases or if they've had a guest post on I Heart Less Fake or if there's a sale going on, I like to spread the joy there. Um, I use my newsletter for more of the personal connection and I use social media more as a way to help lift other authors. And I would say um, you don't really, you don't need to do social media if you're an author. If you don't want to, don't do it. Um, it's, I'd say it's good for networking, um, chatting to other authors. It's also good to, for chatting to readers. But you have to also remember that a lot of your readers won't be on, won't follow you on socials and won't know you're there. So uh, you have to make the decision. I quite enjoy doing doing quite a lot of it, so I do it. What would happen if I stopped? I don't know. I've never done it, and sometimes sometimes I think about that, but. For now, I think it's part of your author business. You have the more personal touch on social media. Like, you'll share photos of yourself and stuff, and I'm just like, you know, I don't have problems doing that in my newsletter, but I don't like doing it on social media. I don't don't know why. Again, just because, well, I do know why. Social media is the devil. Well, yeah, you just have to decide (laughs) what you think, and then just be true to yourself. One thing I always think is when I'm just about to post something, I listen to my gut, and if my gut says... Mm, I'm not sure. Then I never post it. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good takeaway from this. You have to be um, sure of what you're posting because also you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you try to say something funny or something and it can be taken the wrong way and um, yeah, things could go sideways really quickly on social media if you are attacked by the the Twitter mobs. Okay, next question. Emma says she sent in three questions. When writing sex scenes, how do you keep them different so they're not the exact same thing across all your books? I would say that sex scenes, I think we've, we have discussed this in our sex scenes episodes, but sex scenes are, are not about sex, they're about emotion. And your characters, based on their life experiences and what, yeah, what's happened to them before that, and how they're feeling in this current relationship they're just entering into, they will react in that situation differently. So you're never going to write the same sex scene. You could try, but you won't uh, if you're really writing from your character's perspective, which you should be doing. I never really worry about that. There'll always be some similarities, but it should be about those characters and therefore they won't be the same. Yeah, it's interesting. I I just had this question when I was on a a panel in P-Town. I had a different take than you. I think sometimes it is hard to keep sex scenes fresh and exciting. But isn't that the case in real life as well? But I think the most important thing, I echo your sentiment with the most important thing is not just to write a sex scene 
your sex scene needs to advance the plot and bring a stronger emotional connection between uh, your characters. So, like, Claire, if you write it honestly with the characters in mind, then it will stay fresh. But sometimes, I do think sometimes it is hard to keep them fresh. Sometimes. But I do think that it's all, they're always going to be different because you're always writing from those characters' perspectives. So um, I, I think every novel I go into it and I think, and I, I think I always have this worry that I won't be able to write a fresh sex scene. But then I'm always fairly pleased with what I do. So as I said, there'll always be some similarities because they are essentially a sex scene, but filled with all the emotions of, of your characters. Yeah, I, well, I think one of the last sex scenes I wrote was for Lizzie, and that's like a long-going series, so with two characters that I know very well who have been married for a while and have kids. So, yeah, it was kind of hard to keep them fresh. Yes. <laughs> like you, as you said, like in real life. Not to share too much, but it is something you have to work on to keep relationships. Yes, which is why in my uh, new book, Change Your Heart, there's uh, they have sex in a swimming pool. Because, you know, that just, just change it up. Have you had sex in a swimming pool, or is that too much? Uh, no, I have never had sex in a swimming pool. Does not sound fun to me, but whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure it is a lot of fun in the book, though. It's, it's brilliant. It's kind of like, you know, shower sex, hot tub sex, where we're like, real life, no, no. books, sexy. Yeah, always sexy in a book. Right, uh, Emma also says, when writing a dual POV book, do you have one character that is more of the main character and has more scenes? Now, Emma, um, I would say that most of my books... Um, if it's dual POV, they're pretty much uh, equal, equally distributed, the chapters. There might be, um, if, they're, if they're odd numbers, they might be, you know, 15 to 16 in favour of one character. But I would also say, so, fa so fairly equal, but I would also say that your book will always be about one character. So there'll always be one character in your, in your couple who the book is more about. And it might not be evident to you straight away, but really think about your plot and your characters and it will become evident. Um, so, for instance, my new one, Change of Heart, it is more about Erin than it is about Steph, even though they get fairly equal airtime, but Steph has more things to overcome. Yeah, there's always going to be one character that is driving the story, and it's usually the one, especially in romances, that has the bigger hole in their heart they need to fill before they can love. But, I mean, even, like, in uh, movies and stories that have more than one character, like Sex in the City... You still had Carrie Bradshaw as the main character. There's always one person that drives. And I don't know why that is. Is it just easier for the readers or...? I think it's just general story structure. They're the, yeah, you need one person that you can focus on and root for. And you may well be rooting for the other one as well. You should be. But, um, you know, there'll always be one that'll be more than the other. Final question from Emma. What font do you publish in? So I just asked my typesetter this question. <laughs> and he said... My print books are published in Sabon, S-A-B-O-N. And apparently mine are published in Iowan Old Style. Please do not ask me what that is. We know nothing about fonts. We just trust our typesetters and designers. All right, Mupperix then also got in contact on Instagram. She says, you're on a road trip with no GPS, only a map. Who would drive and who'd be the navigator? Well, I don't drive, so that's a no-brainer. TB would be in the driving seat. I'm also a very good navigator, so don't worry about it. I once got I once got lost in the Black Forest in Germany with the head of the German Tourism Board and uh, and, a, and a PR, 
and uh, she was a terrible navigator and he was a bad driver and I had to calm them both down and then uh, get in the front seat and navigate us out of the Black Forest. This was pre-GPS. Yeah, I was trying to think of a time like when I used to drive where I had to figure stuff out on a map and I am a terrible navigator so yes and considering you don't have a driver's license I think I would have to drive. I'm hoping this happens in the US because I don't know if I could drive on the wrong side of the road. Do you have a theme song for one of your books she also asks? Um, if so which one would you choose? Or would you write or, or, or would you write a new one? A theme song for my books I have no idea. But I ended up coming up with, because all my stories are different, but I ended up coming up with uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, because it kind of covers everything. Uh, and that is, if you want to know, that is what I listen to when I'm editing. So that was kind of the only way I can answer this question, because music is not my thing. That I mean, I love music, but music is more your thing. But I would have to say The Four Seasons by Vivaldi, because it covers the highs, the lows, and it's all dra- drama and everything. So hopefully that's what the story brings. There you go. TB, unsurprisingly, has gone for a classic, uh, a, a, a literally cla- a classic of classical music. Whereas I've gone for I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hawkins, and Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. One of those. <laughs> I just recently figured, found out that's about the female orgasm. It is. So perfect <laughs> for my never... books. I've never even considered it. Read. But that was like trending on Twitter the other day, and I started asking all my friends, did you know? And apparently I was the only one. Yes, so there you go. Read one of my books. You can kiss a girl, uh, wish you were someone's lover, and get a, a, an orgasm high. Watermelon sugar high. Very on, on brand. Yes. I'm going to still have to stick with Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any hidden talents? Does hurting myself every time I walk through a doorway count? I'm not sure it's hidden. <laughs> I don't think I have any hidden talents. Um, yeah, so that, that's my answer. I, I, I am a complete and total klutz. Okay. I, I, I struggle with this one as well because I like to crow about the things I'm good at. So um, I don't really don't really hide a lot. So what? humble. So, I know. I'm very humble and kind. I'm not bad at pitch and putt, and I can make farting noises by pressing the palms of my hands together. Do you, do you want to hear it? Amazing, isn't it? Yes. It's not hidden anymore. No. No. <laughs> um, and similarly, um, Mupparix asks, um, what other things do we have in common? Well, I'm curious to see what you answered to this. Should I go first? Yeah, go on. We love pubs. We love travel, sports, and the last tango in Halifax. I would agree with all that. I said we love books, walking, writing, watching Gogglebox, uh, sports, and food. So that's Gogglebox. Is Gogglebox still on? Gogglebox is very much still on. Um, I just watched a celebrity version the other night. Uh, I miss Gogglebox. You know what, actually, I watched um, I watched a few episodes of The Great British Bake Off when I was in P-Town. And um, I hadn't really watched this before. And I have to say, you know, considering... I was very exhausted. It's always mentally exhausting interacting with people because <laughs> I'm a bit of an introvert. But it was a it was a nice way to de-stress in the evening. There's just nothing not to like about it. No, uh, my wife and I are huge fans, and it's Tuesday tonight, so uh, it's a, a new episode of the Great British Bake Off. So it's always a fun night. Yeah, I think it was a relatively. I don't know if it's like the new season or not. Like it had Giuseppe, 
Yes, that's Giuseppe in this yes, season? that's the that's the season I'm watching. Okay, so yeah, obviously don't tell me what's happening because I think I'm behind. He's um, uh, yeah, he's very soothing. I'd like Giuseppe to come over and bake for me. Um, his bread looked amazing. Mm. All right, two more questions to go. Okay. What's the thing you and TB are not good at that would surprise people? My answer is spelling. You would think a writer can spell things, but I cannot spell things. I've said I can't drive and I'm terrible terrible at anything on wheels, in fact, apart from cycling. I can do cycling, but I can't drive. I fail hard at um, rollerblading or skating. I'm not good at ice skating or skiing. Those wheels, blades, not for me. I was like, wait. What kind of skis were you on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> skateboarding. Not very good at skateboarding either. I once tried go-karting. I was rubbish at it. I've tried, um, ooh, what's that thing? What's the thing where you stand oh, up on no. the thing on wheels and go on it? The Segway. Segway. I tried Segwaying in Madrid, and oh, my God, it was an unmitigated disaster. So. Well, not as big as the guy who invented the Segway, because he literally died on the Segway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not, so, I'm not surprised people die on segways. Right, final question of this uh, Ask Us Anything. Are you fans of Star Trek, DC or Marvel's movies and comics? Well, it's a very short answer for me, no. I have not uh, watched Star Trek, but um, I spent COVID, <laughs> the first half of COVID, watching all the Marvel movies in order. I got the Disney Channel and started watching the Marvel movies. I have not watched WandaVision or the things after that because I'm saving them for this Christmas because one of the things I like to do around the holidays is spend a few days inside where it's snowy outside and really fucking cold and miserable as I love to like cuddle up with my electric blanket and watch like a movie marathon so I am saving the Marvel movies or series that are available for Christmas but um yes I can say Marvel I watched some of the DC but uh since I have the Disney Channel I've been watching more of them but that is how I spent the first half of COVID. There you go. So um, we hope you enjoyed this second part of the Ask Us Anything. And Trudy and Emma, you did ask a couple of questions that we thought were bigger questions uh, that we will break out into separate podcasts. So listen out for those. They'll be coming up soon. So if any um, of the answers that we've given have sparked something in your mind, do let us know. Or if you've got a question you'd like to ask us just ongoing, um, get in touch via the website lesbiansyouwrite.com, email us at lesbiansyouwrite at gmail.com, Facebook us, Twitter us at lesyouwrite and Instagram me. And join us next week when we will be doing something really exciting that we haven't quite decided on yet. Well, I'm excited now. Yeah. Is it like like a mystery topic where yes. you're just going to spring it on me at the last second? <laughs> we should do one of those. Excellent. The resulting dead air as we both stare at each other going, oh, God, I don't know, would be uh, interesting. It can also result in some humorous answers, I think, as well, If especially if we do it drunk. Okay, yes. <laughs> you're obsessed with this. All right, next time we're going to be drunk. All right. Join us then, everyone, which is slightly better for me because it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it's nearly six now, six now, whereas TB, it's uh, one in the afternoon. So you ready to get drunk in the middle of the day? It wouldn't be the first time. Okay. Join us next time. Until then, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. 
Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write, or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.